Welcome, Pathfolk, to the Find the Path Adventures actual play of the Tales from Darkmoon Vale, part two, Crown of the Kobold King. Now with more kobolds. Now with 100% more kobolds. Can I call dibs on the kobold king's crown? Even if it's not magical, I just dibs. (laughs) No, we Uh, do that thing like As long as it's not made of like human teeth. Sandra Bullock movie where you break the crown into pieces. No, is that, what is that? Mean Girls? Mean Girls. That's Mean Girls. Not Miss Congeniality. I was was just sitting there like, did that happen in the labyrinth? (laughs) (laughs) It did not. We defeat the kobold king. He turns into an owl and flies away. I don't know what happened. (laughs) I like you The kobold king officially played by David Bowie from here on out. Anyway, oh that makes him too fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of those owl hoots from the last episode were actually the kobold king tracking you down the whole time. <laughs> oh, man. So. He, he's a, he's a co- kobold druid. Yeah. Mm. Wild yeah if the kobold king really is David Bowie, uh, Stray is in trouble. Honestly, Rachel's in trouble. We may have to switch allegiance. I mean, David Bowie know. was the goblin king. Why not the kobold king as well? That's true. Mm. He's so, walking there, he's just spinning those little balls, except for each one of them is a bomb now, because he's also an alchemist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't on? still do castings, but was David Bowie ever cast as anybody? I if don't not, think so. I no. have no idea. I think I thought about him a couple of times. He'd have to be some sort of like... Ooh, hey, who did we, ca- who did we cast? Recast Ezra, 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 Yes, we yes, need to recast Rachel Gozra. Same yeah, wavelength. Yes, same wavelength. So he has been recast. <laughs> Gozra is now David Bowie. Okay, obviously. Second Fair enough. Then. That is so weird in my brain. I'm I'm yes. fine with this. This sounds Every good to me. Every once in a while, we have to reevaluate and fix certain <laughs> famous yeah. people. If you want to keep your castings, stop being <laughs> bad people. <laughs> I'm sure they them. care so this much. This is the about number one most casting. important thing for them. Is the future you know who hasn't movie. let us down? Our very first casting, Nathan Fillion. He yeah. hasn't yeah, let he's us down. He's he's over very there being Caden Kayleen, just doing yeah. his thing. However, um, from last we left our heroes, one of you had been awoken to the sound of knocking at your door. Uh, Celestine found Holland and Riley, the two children that you had befriended at your last adventure. Surprisingly, it wasn't the bad, like, small children waking you up in the middle of the night thing. Yeah, this isn't children. The creepy horror version? (laughs) Absolutely not, no. You open up the door, just two twins. Oh, no. With the black eyes. No, you Don't can't come in, us. and I shut the door immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and then pretend I never heard anything. But no, uh, they, they in fact were not killer children and were not luring Celestine into an elaborate trap. They had this actually time. come in a, an attempt to rescue, in Holland's case, his sister, but also for the sake of the town, Sheriff Baleson, who had both been kidnapped by what appeared to be kobolds and potentially a slurk as well. You know, or, yeah. Ross hmm? says elaborate trap. Hmm. And my mind just goes to, we never checked to make sure that the sheriff was kidnapped. Maybe those were just like two kobolds <laughs> with hats of disguise. That's true. Hey, we never even before. followed up. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just, true. It's just a kobold with a wig on. Time we followed up. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I mean, nobody said anything. So. No, we, we just all went home, took a nap, woke up, and left the next day. <laughs> yep. Uh, Either I way, mean, the kobolds out here need to be dealt with. That's it's true. true. It is why it every is party true. needs an investigator, This is though. why if we were homebrewing, like, Ross would be taking notes right now because he'd be like, man, that was re- that's really good. That's really good. <laughs> I've already made a few modifications of my own. Um, people oh, no. following along at home may note some differences already, but mm. uh, please don't share them, though, because because that would be spoilers and yes, I want to make tell us afterward. Yeah, feel free to DM me yeah, about yeah, it. After. I mean, I'll certainly talk about it. In the meantime, though,
though. Uh, yeah, uh, Celestine had determined that chances were it was kobolds and a slurk. Uh, potentially the slurk was in charge of the kobolds. It was difficult to know. Um, I mean, I think she, we determined that they have, like, you know, animalish intelligence. So yeah, hopefully they they're, weren't in They're charge. not extremely intelligent, no. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our goose-spitting, goo greasy overlords. Yes. Uh, <laughs> back in the saddle they don't again. Spit, they have exploding pustules. The exploding yeah, pustule that's saddle. That's really not better. <laughs> that's, that's far really worse, not better. in fact. Yeah. So Celestine had sent the children off to summon uh, her friends, a.k.a. the rest of the party. It also just kind of occurred to me that I sent two small children off into the middle of the night when kobolds were ki- kidnapping people. Oops. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> you guys can find your way back over this six-mile stretch of road. I mean, at least this part is generally free of problems because there aren't tree lines for people to hide in, but still, eh. Not our best. Not our, not our finest moment. Uh, that said, they got there without any issue and uh, got the rest of the party, who then proceeded to join it with Celestine, determined that the kobolds had likely gone off in the direction of Drosker's Crag, and uh, decided to wait until morning when it would be easier to navigate. Which we regretted immediately due to humidity. Yes. They woke up to a very hot Texas morning, and uh, in true Texan-style, slogged through it all with... Uh, mm. Only a few complaints. Uh, yeah, well, grumbling. You have to you have to complain about it. That's what helps you mitigate the heat. It's true. Had uh, managed to cross the river without uh, too much issue as well, and then you made it to the ruined monastery of Torog, below which is a series of, from what you understand, caverns and dungeons and perhaps stranger things than these. That is known as Droskar's Crucible. The remains of the servants of Droskar's stronghold, basically, from back when they used to actually control this mountain and the region around it. Sure. It was a long time ago at this point. It's not a good time. Uh, you ventured into the monastery, headed downstairs, and had opened the door. And uh, I suppose to reset the scene real quick, had made your way into a large rectangular chamber, perhaps some... 40, 45 feet wide by about 30 feet long or so, with a number of carvings in the walls depicting dwarves toiling away at anvils or mining. There were three exits to this chamber, one to uh, one to your left, one to your right, one straight ahead of you. But in the middle of perhaps more notable interest was a dwarven statue made of obsidian, or at least half of one. It seems that some enterprising individuals had been carving away at it. Uh, and in fact, you were able to determine exactly who those individuals were, noting that there were a grand total of four kobolds with picks slowly starting to go through the statue. Upon noticing you, especially your light, uh, they shrieked. And I think we're picking up there and going to initiative. Oh, no. Ooh, I've never. Oof. I'm not going to lie. This is interesting for me because I've never seen the initiative tracker from the player side. Uh, I'm like, yeah. there's so little information on here. Yeah, there's very little information. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. All right. So let's go on ahead and get uh, Clove or Jessica. Uh, Jessica, what do you get for Clove? Clove rolled a nine for a 16. Very well. Uh, and then Jordan, what did you get for Amaranth? Amaranth rolls a nine for a 13. All righty. Uh, for Heather, what did we get for Celestine? Celestine rolls a 15 for a 21. Nice. So, Rachel, what did we get for Astrea? 
Uh, Estrella is maintaining my uh, my non-good initiative rolls with a mm. four for an 11. Oof, not great. Uh, my apologies. And then, Rick, what about Grim? I'm looking at middle of the road. I got a 10 for a 15. Middle of the road's not bad. Alrighty, well, in that case then, let's go on ahead and get started. Celestine, you have first initiative. Celestine will move 15 feet forward, kind of around the corner of the statue to the first kobold. The true scale kobold, the blue scaled kobold in front of you grips his pick. And I will strike with my uh, elven curve plate. Very well. I roll a nine for an 18. Very well. So with an 18, uh, you slice into the kobold. Uh, Go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, Four for eight. Eight. Ow. That's a good friggin' hit. (laughs) Very well. You stride forward, slam your blade into the kobold's head as you slice through. You think it's skull. It drops to the ground. Ah. Well, all right then. I mean, I do get to use my dexterity because of my rogue racket, so... (laughs) It's fair. All right. Very <laughs> accurate. This global doesn't even have time to scream as the pit clatters to the ground. I feel kind of bad for half a second, but... Yeah, globe looks shaken. <laughs> uh, you have another action remaining. Uh, I'm going to stay where I am, I think, and just end my turn there. Fair enough. Uh, from there, then, we go to Kobold Warrior. This one will shriek out in Draconic. Protect. Oh, wait. Does any do any? I do Pro- speak Draconic. Ah, very well. <laughs> Protecting Merylcap. Protect his prize. As the kobold Team. advances. Merylcrep. Yes. The kobold advances uh, upon Grim, hoping that at the very least the dwarf is less scary than the half elven. Whatever just, just murdered <laughs> the person on the other side of the statue. <laughs> uh, I was his- taking the defend exploration action, so I do still have my shield raised. That is fair. All right. Takes a pick, hefts, and swings, rolling a natural one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Excellent. The kobold warrior nearly trips upon uh, a stone in front of Grim, skidding to a halt. Seems like the stone doesn't like you. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) The creature tries a second time as uh, he still has an action remaining. Okay. I don't. It rolls better, but I don't think an 11 is going to cut it. No, no. No. Uh, Protected behind my shield. Yes. Uh, You batter the pick aside without a second thought as the kobold stares up at Grim. His eyes go wide. Yeah, not your best move, dude. Clove, your turn. Clove is going to move up next to Grim and... uh take a swing at this kobold that missed and be like, uh, go go away, kobold. <laughs> Very well. Clove, unsure of herself, manages to get up to the front. Well, he didn't actually hit Grim, so there's no reason for her to be in a rage, so. Mm. She swings her machete. Uh, uh, only a 7 for a 16. Let's see here. A 16 will strike your target as your machete bites home. Oh, nice. nice. My plus one striking machete. I do Sec- 10 points of damage. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so you stride forward, slice into the kobold's chest. He grunts out a raspy breath as he collapses to the ground. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God. Um. Well done. Uh, sure. Um, then Globe, I guess, is going <laughs> to... You have another action. I- I'm, she's going to meander. Uh, meander. She's going to walk around um, to be next to Celestine, I guess. 
All right. Because I can't see any more of them. Form a line with Celestine. Let's see here. That'll From Clove. We go to the Kobold Warrior standing by Celestine. <laughs> ah. They're in the darkness for me. I can't see them. Yeah. Ooh. Is Amaranth the only here. one with a light on him right now? I think so. I believe so. I should really buy mm. a torch. Or I guess I have torches, but I don't want to carry a torch. <laughs> Takes a step forward with the pick, hoping that Clove, who seems at the very least less scary than the other one, um, at least she's not presenting seems. as... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You both managed to kill one in one hit, but, you know. I was reluctant uh, about it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she, she definitely doesn't seem to have that sort of warrior's edge to her at the moment. Uh, as true. the kobold steps forward, raises a pick, swings. Ah! Oh, that's actually really good. Uh, that is a 22 to hit close. Oh, yeah, sure, that hits me. Ooh, very well. The kobold slams in, grazing you across the shoulder for two points of damage. Ow! Uh, the kobold then, noticing that that didn't seem to do the trick to bring you down, um, screams, run! Before running away. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's really dark. We're coming. Hold on. There's little I can do for that. Grim, it is your turn, however. First off, I'm going to go ahead and start striding forward. Eh, I'll circle past that kobold on the side. Say, at the very least, Grimm's keen dwarven vision can see a lot further. Yeah. Yeah, the dark vision helps. Ooh, ooh, there's something weird and purple up ahead. Well, we'll worry about that when these guys oh, are dead. Oh, fun. <laughs> yep. What? What? <laughs> uh, don't, don't worry about it. It's, uh, stay focused. Uh, Grimm will rush forward and, uh... It's really dark. He's gonna go ahead and strike at the kobold next to him. So, uh, rushes forward, turns, strikes. God. Ooh. Oh. Natural one. That's not a good start for things. Ouch. Hero point? Or no, do you not have one? I've got one, but I don't really feel like it needs. I'm not that worried about these kobolds. Yeah, okay. maybe not at this point. The kobold yelps and stands stock still as Grim manages to chip into the obsidian statue, but does little beyond that. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and follow up with a second strike on him, though. Fair enough. I don't think this one's gone yet, so if I can kill it before it actually gets a chance to injure anyone. Yeah. So... Second swing. Oh, there Ooh, we go. Better. That is a 18 for a 22. An 18 will strike your target. Go ahead uh -huh. and roll your damage. Bury the hatchet. Or 22, rather. But yes, a 22 will strike your target. Uh, seven points of damage as I thunk my hand axe into him. You slice your hand axe across the kobold's chest as it staggers back with the hit, though manages to stand, if only just. Hmm. All right. The kobold squeaks up at you. <laughs> That's it for me. All right. Amaranth, your turn. Okay, let's see if we can't get some light for everybody. So I'm going to stride up 20 feet. So I'm like five feet behind Grim. Uh, that does not let me have both of these guys within 30 feet, does it? Oh, it does. Uh, so since my two uh, lovely targets, let's see. Hang on. Um, oh, they have well, to be within 30 feet. They have to be within 30 feet of you as well. Yeah, so never mind. I can't get both yeah. of them, unfortunately. Um, no. So instead cast produce flame as uh, Amaranth reaches into his arcane sigil, pulls out a fireball, and throws it at the one in front of Grim. <laughs> Fair enough. Alright. Go on. Roll your spell attack. Uh, yeah. I was so close to a perfect 20. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> it's a 2 for a 10. Uh, if I'd read, I would have been real happy and also real sad. <laughs> the kobold staggers out of the way, managing to avoid the attack as you, again, chip into the obsidian statue, though your fire doesn't do much to Sorry. actually hurt it. Um, the kobold looks up as, uh, basically you get the feeling color would drain from its flesh if it could. It's just, you know, 
kobolds being primarily scaled creatures doesn't really happen. Actually, I, I, maybe you mentioned it before. What color are these kobolds? Uh, blue. Blue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the they're all blue. Uh, the warrior next to Grim shrieks, uh, attempts a quick strike warrior. with the pick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, audience couldn't see my air quotes. <laughs> they could hear them. They could hear them. They were them. audible. Uh, shrieks attempts a clumsy strike at Grim. He's got to get like uh, a perfect twenty now. <laughs> gets a total of a nine. I don't. Uh, think no, it's a nine will not hit me. It's a critical the- miss. In fact, maybe do no, anything, but yeah. scare them off. Maybe we don't need to fight. The kobold shrieks and then screams out in draconic. Wait for me. <laughs> before uh, oh, no. continuing to run God. Okay. as Up they there. run further and further, far, far basically. Oh, my greatest enemy is slightly faster than average enemies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're running at an average speed. That's the worst part. You're just slow. Australia, yeah. it is your turn. Well, I'm going to move up in the room at least. All right. Well, I'll probably move up next to Grim and Amaranth. Because it seems like there's a giant fu fire pit in the other room. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, there's just fire. Yes, uh, yeah. Noticing that the room to your that was originally to your right when you first came in, there does seem to be a source of fire somewhere in there, uh, a very large one. Yeah, well. well, I don't think I need to move toward that though. Oh no, I wouldn't suggest it. Doesn't seem okay. pertinent at the moment. But they're still running away. At the are moment, we letting yes. them run away, or what are we doing? Are we chasing after them? I mean, them? Celestine's going to chase one. Uh, they, they, we don't want them alerting the entire area okay. we're here. Then I'm going to move another... Can I get there? Yeah. Yes. To one of the kobolds that is trying to escape, and then I will take my last action to attack. Very well. Uh, so that is an 11 for a 22. A 22 strikes your target as you stab up into the kobold. For one point of damage. Very well. <laughs> uh, you nick the kobold on the snout as it cries out in pain. <laughs> and dies. That would have been really funny if that ended with and dies. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't the one that was wounded earlier, unfortunately. So, uh, However, you do strike the kobold as the kobold eyes you warily as we go to Celestine. You get flaming on that short sword. Mm. Uh, Celestine will move 25 feet forward, so she's next to Astrea. Very well. And I will strike at it. Alrighty. I roll a six for a 15. A 15 does not hit your target. Oh, we found uh, it. As the kobold ducks out of the way just in the nick of time. I will try again. Very well. Oh. For a one, Oof. for a five. No, no, that does not. That, that, nope, nope. You accounted for a zig when you should have accounted for a zag as the kobold ducks out of the way. Actually seeming to snarl a little bit uh, as it's uh, as he's starting to get ganged up upon not yeah. his favorite thing in the world uh, I Clove. snarl back <laughs> <laughs> Clove also snarls because she was hit with a sword and therefore rages a pick but yes <laughs> well, I'm being whatever. pedantic at this she point she was though. hit with a pick for two whole points of damage and therefore it's rages <laughs> and then she's gonna I guess take two stride actions to get up next to this kobold and that's really all she can do but okay. if they run away again she'll be able to chase them Fair enough. As we go to the Kobold Warrior, now surrounded, actually, by uh, three warriors, at least partially surrounded. There's still a way to escape. There's still technically an exit. (laughs) You should have surrendered when we first came in here. The Kobold looks over at you, but does not seem to understand. (laughs) Well, you know, I only speak one language. It is what it is. (laughs) Uh, I didn't get a great education in Falcon's Hollow. 
He shrieks, um, maybe hoping that somehow Clove is still the weakest link and will try to attack Clove. Uh, my AC is down by one. Hey! Concentrate fire. Yeah. probably am the easiest one to hit currently. Well, maybe except for me. Come on, no, pick. Well, okay. Don't fail don't me now. Fail. Does a seven hit Clove? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> my AC is lower, but not that much lower. Clove bats aside the pick with her machete ah! yeah, easily. How did you take the sheriff? The kobold, again, seems to not understand what you're saying. Oh, Clove doesn't know what um, right now. Growls something, again, about uh, King Merlecrep, um, at the very least that Amaranth can catch. Um, something about needing to report this uh, right away before continuing to run. Okay, I will follow it as far as I can follow it. Yeah, I have an attack of opportunity, so I would like to take an attack. Oh, we'll go ahead and take it and make sure this thing's not dead, because I'm yeah. not going to chase it if it's dead. So take weird. your attack. Uh, that is a Ooh. 17 for a 28. A 28 will hit and critical your target. Yeah. All right. This thing's going to be dead. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 10 points of damage. Gracious. The creature turns to run as Estrella takes advantage of the opening, slicing her short sword across the creature's neck as blood spurts everywhere. Oh. The kobold raspily gasps for air as he expires. Oh, that was sad. <laughs> uh, I mean, they are trying to kill you. I know. Kind of. Are they? <laughs> well, kind They're not of. doing a very good job of it, but they are trying. Rachel's yeah. damage is so swingy. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Well, I have a half uh, that's Well, fair. you have, I have a strength no strength, spider. <laughs> so it's all about opportunity. Uh, from there, Grim, it is your turn. All right. Well, Grim's going to start with a single move up. Oh, I see you, Kobold. Mm. Uh, he's going to go ahead and try <laughs> it a second time. And uh, it's as close as I can get there, so I'm going to throw my hatchet. So All right. I come charging at him, heft and throw. Uh, unfortunately, this is outside of the, uh, I believe, 10-foot range increment for mm. the, uh, the hatchet. So that will be a minus two penalty. I'm not actually necessarily the best with throwing this, but let's see what happens. It's worth a shot. I hope you have returning on that. I do. <laughs> that is a 16 to hit the kobold as I run forward, kind of step past him. <laughs> you hurl your axe as it twirls end over end and sinks into the kobold. Go ahead and roll damage. Oh, Four points of damage as my axe slams into the back of this kobold. You hurl as the as it lands into the kobold's back. The kobold screams, tumbles to the ground. And stops oh. moving altogether. Oh my gosh! Oh boy! <laughs> oh my gosh. Grim extends his hand as the axe flies back to his hand and grabs it. Very cool. Very nice. That is well, pretty cool. New. Not gonna lie. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to use it too much against uh, those werewolves recently. Very useful for uh, retrieving apples. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Apparently, that's what he's been practicing with. <laughs> I walk up so to the other kobold, kind of grab it, and then drag it back into this room that we just uh, left before. Why are you playing with the corpses? Uh, we should bring them back into this room so that if there's anyone nearby, they might not immediately notice them if they walk by a joining hallway. Oh. Oh? Oh, there's a lot of halls. <laughs> uh, um, could anybody understand what they were saying? Uh, yes, actually, I could. They were trying to, um, saying they were going to report this to a, a King Mer Merlocrep. Um, I suppose that's the, uh, well, I would imagine, organizer of um, all of the kobolds. The self-proclaimed kobold king. Yes, the kobold king. king. Yes. Maybe. Yes, maybe a kobold king. They did say <sighs> king, actually, yes. Hmm. Well, we did well. Uh, was in anyone? Oh, Clove, you're uh, bleeding. Oh, yeah, just a little. Well, we have three hallways. You said there's a fire one way. There's something 
glowy and purple up ahead that way. Yeah, this is a weird place. We should probably check this room first, and uh, I don't know if uh, any of the rest of you have a light source, but it may be necessary for someone in the front line to be able to carry light forward with them. Yeah, it was dark for a second. I literally don't carry torches. I, I do, so I do have some torches if people I need have them. a torch. I use my weapon two-handed, so... Clove will get out a torch. I use a one-handed weapon, and I don't have a shield, so... Okay. This all fine for me. Yeah, because Rachel has to keep a hand free for her fighting style. So yeah. Clove is going to go on ahead and uh, get a torch as well. Hey, so um, next time we're in town, we should buy um, like a... Lantern? You know, like a lantern that you can hang on your belt or something. I know they sell these, uh, what are they, alchemical, I think, uh, sun rods. Eh, something like that would be helpful, too. It's more of a convenient, you don't have to hold it thing. Why am I just imagining the uh, the invincible Omni-Man? Look at what they need to mimic a fraction of our power. It's like Amaranth's <laughs> just like, I've got a little light spell on me. <laughs> so the fire, the purple, or the other hallway? I think we should probably inspect this room before we move on. Okay. Yeah, why were they going after the statue? I mean, other than just destruction, but maybe there's um, a reason? It's obsidian. Obsidian's very sharp and makes good, useful, primitive spears. They may have been breaking down it. this piece of art to turn it into weapons. Um, mm. Can I determine whom this is a statue to? Uh, unfortunately, at this point, they've actually chopped away virtually half of it and mm. started with the upper half. So no, unfortunately, there's not really a way to determine. None of the Dwarven Pantheon have very distinctive feet. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, old lefty here. (laughs) Old lefty. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) He's got two left feet, literally. Is there a dog on the, uh, is there a dog next to the dwarf? Uh, um, No, there's no dog uh, next to the feet, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah. we quickly loot the bodies, and uh, I say we do a quick search of this room. Yeah, if you all want to go ahead and do some perception rolls to seek. Yes, please. I'm going to read the walls. Very well. Because you said that you said that there were uh, depictions of dwarves on the walls. Absolutely. I think a couple of us speak dwarven. I hmm? speak dwarven. Nope. I speak one language and it's common. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Amaranth will go around, cast a, a couple of detect magics just to see if there's anything magic in this room, but probably not. Okay. I guess I'll take the other side of the room that Grim's not doing and read the walls. Very well. I'm and just then... curious if this is a another repurposed shrine from Torag or if this is... Hmm. Uh, Clove, you're looking, I guess, around on the floor, more or less, just to see yeah, if you find anything. Yeah, I'm just kind of searching kind of... The, the floor for, I don't know, tidbits. A nice shiny rock. A nice shiny rock. Yeah. And then Estrella, I guess, uh, where were you looking at? I'm, I'm going to take a closer look at the statue then. Okay. Just to be thorough. So Amaranth, first of all, detecting magic. No, there's no yeah, magical ores surprising. here other than the ones that y'all brought with you. Clove, taking a look on the ground, you find little of particular interest mostly just shards of obsidian. Grim, taking a look along the walls, you think that at some point these walls were sanded down and redone. Hmm. It seems that whoever did it didn't care to hide the fact that they sanded it down. Um, And also the carvings here don't seem to go the full length of the wall that you would expect from a, a particularly careful craftsman or somebody looking to find to make something lavish or something like that. Mm, um, looks like Droskar's work. Yeah. <laughs> Grim is so opinionated, it's amazing. Droskar <laughs> <laughs> you know. uh, guy. He's that old guy that sits on his porch and complains about stuff. <laughs> and throws a hatchet at apples. His whole thing, like Droskar's whole thing is like laziness and sloth, though, isn't it? 
Well, uh, no, um, his whole thing is... Slavery? Slavery's a large part of it. Yeah. The idea that sufficient toil uh, will lead to eventual success. He's basically of the concept of uh, mass production. Mm-hmm. The quality doesn't matter quite as much as the quantity. Mm. I like to capitalize on the, the laziness side of it because it's... I could do this work myself or, you know. I could build a machine to make it for me. Well, more just or I make could somebody just else enslave make people to yeah. do this for me. Instead of going yeah. out and picking it's the fields, I could, you know, enslave people to do it. Um, so yeah. both horrible as well as not willing to work. Uh, Celestine, looking at the other carvings, the carvings on the other side of the room, you notice much the same. There is, however, a single word that seems to be etched into, into the uh, wall here. Or maybe not even a word. It seems to be maybe more of a name. She would grab Amaranth's arm and pull him closer to the wall so she has a better look. <laughs> True, he is the light spell. I thought Heather was going to be like, um, I was wondering if maybe you wanted to go to the ruins of that orphanage after we get yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Never mind. Grim, there's a yes. name over here. Gristagar? It's in several places. I don't I speak Dwarven, but I'm not up on the history. Gristigar. Yeah, can I make a Dwarven lore? Yeah, anybody who wants to may attempt to recall knowledge with religion. Dwarven lore will also work and would uh-huh. actually be better if you have I have it. no ranks Lower in religion, difficulty. So. Go. I will go ahead and also roll some religion because I can. Uh, Gristigar, you said. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Gristigar was the high priest of Droskar at the end of Droskar's kingdom. He was said to have died quietly, somewhere in a place referred to as Droskar's Crucible. I hadn't made the connection until now. Interesting. What does it say about this Gristigar? It doesn't really say anything about him. His name is just on here. Hmm. Maybe he took it upon himself to inscribe these walls, added his own mark to the wall afterwards. Droskar's kingdom fell years and years ago. Like, did people, like, stand up to him, or, like, how did how did he lose his power? Hmm. Yes, I was born at the very end of the period known as Droskar's kingdom. I was a child, hadn't, hadn't even grown my first stubble whenever the, uh, the kingdom fell. It only lasted for a hundred years or so, but the damage that was done to dwarven culture in that time was incalculable. Many dwarves fled the Five Kings Mountains during the time of Droskar's kingdom. They couldn't abide living under the reign of Droskar or his followers. Many couldn't. They were so interested in mass-producing weapons and selling them to the other nations, Taldor amongst the others, that they weren't concerned with the artistry, the quality of what they were making, and so the best forges, smiths, and such fled. Uh, My father was in exile during that time when I was born. No, unfortunately, though, uh, the kingdom collapsed because of a lack of... Uh, <laughs> brain immediately goes to infrastructure. Infrastructure! <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, Always comes back to infrastructure. Basically, in the end, the priests couldn't hold power any longer. They'd come to power through nefarious means. And over time, people couldn't abide the damage any longer. That led to the Age of Collapse which is where we are now. We're still in your the age of collapse, according to dwarves? Yes. I thought no. it was an age of, like, no omens. Lost omens, yes. That's what the... Um, the age of collapse started in the mid-4400s. Ah. 
So we dwarves have been there for about two and a half centuries. Um, again, since I was a child, I was born just before the beginning That's of the Age of Collapse. quite some time for a people as industrious as yours to still think things are collapsing. Well, one day, perhaps I can take all of you to High Helm. And you can see when you live amongst the splendor and see what your ancestors have created, what they accomplished. And look at the the sad shadow of the accomplishments that dwarves are making today. You can see why we view this as a period of, as a dark age. I mean, considering we live under the yoke, I guess, of the Lumber, Con Lumber Consortium, I can sort of understand Someday, perhaps, a new leader will arise for the Five Kings Mountains, but there has been no true king on the mountains since the end of Drosgar's kingdom. Like the line was broken or something, or what? Broken would be Or do you guys a... elect your king? Uh, there can be a moot that's brought together where um, the dwarven clans will decide on a new leader, but mm. no, in essence, um, there has not been a true king on the mountain because of... Uh, death disillusionment, the inability for my people to work together. I strove for years to try to promote harmony at the Forge of Torag, but uh, this may come as a surprise, but we dwarves can be a stubborn people. Oh, really? <laughs> I had no idea. No. <laughs> Regardless, though, uh, this does so show that we're in the right place. The damage to the walls here, though, showed that this was obviously not always a Droskar temple. So giant fire room. Did, I, I'm assuming I didn't find anything at the statue. Nothing of use. Uh, Astrea, you find one thing of note that's a bit curious. The statue of Obsidian is polished and constructed to such a degree that looking at it, you do note that it would serve as a pretty good mirror. Whether or not that has anything to do with what the kobolds were doing here, it's hard to determine. But at the very least, the craftsmanship's very good. I mean, before they started picking away at it, the statue was really well done quality like shiny enough you could see your reflection in it it was likely a god or an ancestor or a high priest mm. they would have given a great deal of attention to it grim lays a hand like sadly on the stone unfortunately those days are long gone yeah it is always the depressing thing about the dwarves that they're just like well this age sucks <laughs> and I like that they, they go ahead and they, they go ahead and just call it like uh, this this age sucks until we say it doesn't yeah basically well, again, it's just no one has united the dwarves. The dwarves haven't have a, had a king in 250 years. That's unfortunate. I feel like there might be an adventure path addressing that soon. Hey, maybe. Mm, maybe. Mayhaps. Potentially. But you gather yourselves up by the statue and make your way to the basically the... Yeah. Uh, through the right-hand passage that you had seen earlier, mm. it opens up into a uncharacteristically bright-lit room, though the source of light is readily apparent. A massive section of flame in the floor uh, is currently providing a a strong heat throughout this entire room. It lights the entire room as well. Um, the temperature has gone up quite a bit since you stepped in here. Um, it was actually somewhat cool in the chamber before, but here it is blisteringly hot once again, perhaps even hotter than outside. At least it's a dry heat. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> Molten slag, which seems the color almost of sizzling blood, pools throughout the room here in the center. Three narrow chutes in the ceiling open up directly above you in this, you guess, roughly square room, maybe some 40 to 45 feet at a side. 
Here also the ceiling vaults up to some 20 feet above you as the smoke gets pulled out from three chutes uh, that seem to have been carved into the ceiling, probably explicitly for that purpose. All of you, of course, uh, note the fire in the center of the room. Grim first, and then Celestine uh, second as you both step foot into the room. Notice a single occupant Uh Uh that worms its way out from the corner. The creature... What the F is that? This (laughs) worm-like creature vaguely resembles some combination of a worm and a slug. It has a hardened, almost, you think, rock-like outer shell. Beaks and mouths and tendrils in the center. The creature gives out a sickening squelching sound as it begins to move toward all of you. And Ow. I am going to once Ow. again need initiative from the party. Uh, what? Wow. Yeah. Just um, big no thank you on this. Sounds like mm. some kind of weird star mole slug. Ugh. I was really expecting fire elemental. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. giant yeah. slug. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this horrible abomination moves to the attack and Clove, what is your initiative? Clover a 15 for a 22. Very good. Alrighty. And next, Amaranth. Amaranth has no idea the danger has happened, rolling a 6 for a 10. <laughs> Fair. It's like, man, fire. <laughs> wow. He's, he just kind of cranes his head over and goes, that's a very odd pit. And then everybody starts ru- you know, running around, hitting each other, and he's just like, what? <laughs> like, wait a second. He'll figure it out eventually. Celestine. Celestine rolls a six for, or sorry, rolls a five for an 11 and just kind of nudges Grim forward. Like, this is not at all what you were expecting today. (laughs) Prepare to be Uh, disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Astrea. Uh, Astrea got a 12 for a 19. Okay, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. And stalwart Grim, what did you get? Uh, Unfortunately, I only got a five, also for a ten, so I'm uh, I'm tied with Amaranth down at the bottom of the initiative there. Yikes. I Um, see. I want to cede it to Grim (laughs) to go before him. I will move y'all around. You're going to need it. (laughs) Now, ladies first. Grim gestures, considering that Celestine (laughs) barely beat his initiative. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you'd like to delay. (laughs) That was more of a, oh god, there's a thing. Grim. Grim, get it. <laughs> Sorry, I know we didn't declare exploration activities, but I would oh, still be yes. defending if I could. That's fair. I was about to say, if anybody has an exploration activity, they would like to declare. I've been detecting magic, but I don't think that gives me anything. I could stealth, but it makes me move at half speed, which Well, defending already means I'm moving uh, at half speed. Yeah. Oh. Well, if that's the case, then from no, we won't worry about it now. But from if Grim's defending and moving at half speed, then I am stealthing and moving at half speed. I mean, I figure we can cautiously still- move through these hallways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stealth Fair in enough. The, in the uh, bright illumination. Yes. And yeah, I guess Amrith is detecting magic. Uh, Clo- she just crouches really usual? low to Seeking. be hidden behind me. Seeking. All right, and Astrea. Um, I, I'm, pr- I am probably stealthing as well. Okay, fair enough. So I'll keep that in mind for the future. Avoid notice um, action. Clove, you have first initiative as this horrible creature of nightmare begins to advance upon all of you. Okay, well, it's scary, so Clove immediately rages. (laughs) (laughs) Sensible reaction. Uh, And then she's going to just run at this thing with her machete because that's... (laughs) That's how you handle problems when you're raging. Here, let me show you all oh this real quick. Ah! What the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's I have some a tum of horrors BS. I can't remember the exact name of that. Mm. 
Was it a? Is it a short story? Well, no, no. There was a three point oh, three point five. I think it's a Pathfinder monster called like a. It's not Grick, because mm. I think that's the little fake creature. Grig's the fake creature. It might be Grick. Mm. Anyway, it looks very Lovecraftian. Yeah. This thing. Yeah, Clove doesn't know anything about this, but she does run forward and go, oh, God, it's so ugly, and then uh, well. swing a machete at it. Very well. It does remind so, me of a short story, though. I'm sure it does. <laughs> 11 for a 20. Uh, for a 20, all right. Uh, Clove screams, rages, strides forward, slamming into the creature with her machete as a 20 does hit her target. Ha-ha, fiend. Uh, 13 damage. Gracious. All right. Uh, then, oh, by the way, is it a negative? Or, I assume negative in this case because you. Yeah, yeah, because thing. it's. Uh, it seems to be alive. It so. seems to be alive. I don't know anything about it. It doesn't look like a skeleton, so I'm going to hit it with negative damage. All right. Good to know. Uh, you slam into it as your machete cracks into the side of it. The creature takes the hit as it squeaks or snarls in some sort of high pitched strange ululating cry. It's really difficult to describe. Uh. Um, as we go to the creature. <laughs> oh no, creature. Right. Uh, well, it's not a fan of being struck. So. Hit really hard with a machete? Yeah, I imagine yeah. not. It's gonna start by trying to lash out with its beak-like jaws. Ah. Ooh, this one might do it. A 20 to hit Clove. Oh, yeah. A 20 hits Clove. Mm. Very well. Ooh. Uh, it slams into her, biting against the arm with her light as it strikes in for 16 damage. Oh, wow. That's crazy. crap. Ow. That is impressive. That is a problem. Just blood. The creature will attack again. Ugh. Oh, no. Somebody Sparta kick it into the pit. I was going to say, I was just thinking the exact same thing. I was like, thing. maybe I should have tried to reposition and then throw it in the pit. Oh, no, this might be bad. Oh, that no. is a 23 on the follow-up. That does hit? Oh, no. Can I use a reaction? You can use a reaction. Well, it's not within 15 feet of you. You are correct. Uh, however, mm -hmm. I do have Protector Sacrifice, ah. um, which is my domain spell, which is a 30-foot range. There okay. you go. All right. So what that does is I protect my ally by uh, suffering in their stead, uh, reducing the damage the triggering ally would take by three and directing it to myself. Very okay. well. I'll take three hit points. Uh, technically, so. I'm just losing three hit points for you, but it does keep you from taking quite as much. Yeah. I'm at 25 right now. The creature slams in again with their jaws, um, continuing to just latch on and almost ah. start to swallow your arm. No, yeah. it's my arm. <laughs> oh, For Jesus. nine more damage. Okay, that was a lot less than the previous one, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, it still hurts, but not as bad as the last one. I mean, it'll try its tentacles now, so let's ah, see what happens here. it's got here. tentacles. Yes. Too many oh tentacles. Oh my god, no. So it tries to, wow. <laughs> no, right. Ross GM damage is scary. I'm sorry. I'm. Tr I, I swear. I mean, I am trying to kill you, but I don't want to kill you. <laughs> At least Ross is honest he's, about he's it. Very upfront about it, y'all. He's trying to kill my PC. It's yeah, true. it's true. Not you personally. <laughs> uh, the creature's tentacles wrap around Clove. Clove, uh, does a twenty-one hit you? Yes, it does. All right. It slams in. Uh, oh God. Mm. Ross. Um, God. For 13 more damage. Oh, I am still oh my up. god. 
as uh, not up by a it lot. It wraps I'm around, up. and you, Clove, you can feel your bones <gasps> start to creak ominously. <laughs> you think something's about to break. <sighs> that is the creature's turn as we go to Astraea. Estrella, oh, uh, seeing her friend get totally annihilated like this, is going to <laughs> run up. Just like, no. Clove really regretting her impulsive nature at this moment. Well, nope. Clove is enraged. So, uh, yes. So I would, I would like to run up. Okay, so I'm going to use my snagging strike. All hopefully. right. So I roll a ten for a twenty-one. Very well. Estrella approaches a bit more cautiously than Clove before. Uh, pouncing to the attack, striking into the creature. Go ahead and roll your damage. Yes. Right. Uh, that is six points of damage. Your Ooh. blade cracks into it as once again you penetrate you th what almost honestly does feel like a stone wall. Ooh. Creature okay. doesn't like it, and it's still going, but uh, you do get... Uh, yeah, what's, uh, what's next on the snagging strike? If the strike hits, the target is flat-footed until the start of my next turn. So whatever comes first. So if Celestine gets in there, she should get some sneak attack, right? Yes, please. Indeed. That's some freaking teamwork. Synergy. Yeah. There we go. So yeah, uh, you hold on to one of its tentacles, though, preventing it from being able to move very clearly. I'm probably like, let her go. <laughs> Must be so much more terrifying considering that she's three feet tall. Yeah. Yes. As a yes. giant worm that's crushing the full-sized human. <laughs> I know. Yes. Like, oh, God. I'm not grappled, though, so it's not still crushing me. I guess. It's Did true. It do Not like a wind? Was that it? Nope. Uh, it's it's just got tentacles. No, oh, okay. It just hurts. Oh, no. It's just pain. <laughs> there is something it can do, but uh, I, oh, I may reveal that oh, later. Oh, good. So. It has swallow hole or something equally horrible. It's probably like Maybe. implants eggs or something. Regardless, it's horrible. Then I, I would like to uh, strike it again. All right. Let's go. So, or hopefully try, anyway. Yeah. Uh, that would be an 11 for an 18. An 18 will hit your flat-footed target as your ah, blade cracks in again. That's for another two points of damage. Ooh. <laughs> you don't do oh a, little, a lot of damage, but you're extraordinarily accurate. This yes. strike does not go as deep, but you still hear the, the creature squeal in pain as we cut from Estrella to Celestine. Celestine will run forward. Now we've got this thing squarely in the corner while I'm standing next to Estrella and Clove. Mm -hmm. And I will strike at it. To say it is not moving anywhere. <laughs> Ugh, I only roll a five for a fourteen. A fourteen, even flat-footed, will not strike you your know, target as your thing blade just almost murdered Clove in yeah. one <laughs> turn. So I think I'm going to uh, use my hero point to uh, okay. to re-roll that. Fair enough. All right, going ahead. Yeah, we'd like her Do alive. It. Do it. Ah, uh, eight better. for a seventeen. It's flat-footed. A seventeen. Does not hit your heart. Oh, that means it needed to be an 18. God yep. dang it. That was really close. I will try to strike it again. Go for it, Celestine. That's oh. 13 for 17. Oh. Gosh, dang that, it. Wow. Oh, rough. Once again, I mean, your blade strikes sparks against it twice, but no, nothing doing, unfortunately. Celestine would shout, Amaranth, get in here and fire electrocute or something. <laughs> <laughs> All these options. <laughs> Didn't. Sorry. Uh, Grim, it is your turn. The one downside to using my uh, protector sacrifice, which is useful in uh, preventing mm -hmm. some damage that might kill somebody, is uh, it does take up my focus point, yeah. so I can't lay on hands. Yeah. So, Just kill this thing. Although, I don't know how you're going to get to it. Uh, I mean, I've got a hatchet. He has a returning, oh, yeah. throwing, returning mm -hmm. hatchet. So, actually, the first thing I'm going to do, I want to recall knowledge. All right. 
Uh, recalling knowledge, um, go on ahead and make me recall knowledge for occultism. Ah. Ooh, I'm not good at that, but all right, let's see what happens. Oh, man, if only I hadn't rolled garbage. <laughs> I have occultism. Well, you're well I, was ho- I was hoping you're to save next. you an action because you need to move in here. So I'm like, maybe if I can recall something about this, I can let Amaranth know so you can move yeah. in and hit it with the two action spell. Synergy. Promote synergy, as uh, as they say. Yes. Also, as a complete side note, Maros is getting ready for possibly uh, a ridiculous, considering how bad my stat is, maybe a ridiculous uh, misjudging what this thing is. Negotian Preambulums is the short story I was thinking of that had a church with a giant leech worm that um, if you didn't turn on the lights, uh, leave the lights on before you left the church or something, it would come out and murder you. Oh, Oh, lovely. It's classic uh, E.F. Benson uh, short story. Hmm. Things you didn't know you needed to be afraid of in the church. Mm -hmm. Sir? Uh, It's a grick. Yeah, that's right. That's not helpful. No, no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I was just reading the first thing. Let me get to the, the rest of this. Get, get to the how do we kill it part. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a grick. Hit it as hard as you can. Um, it's uh, hide is tough, but not impenetrable. Uh, okay. Amaranth, whatever element you feel like. Uh, Grim will then... <laughs> do what you say? want. <laughs> Dealer's choice. Grim will then move uh, 10 feet forward mm-hmm. and we'll go ahead and throw his uh, throwing axe. Oh, right. I'm looking at a 24 to hit the, I believe, still flat-footed Grick. Yes, the Grick is still flat-footed, Yay, and a 24 yep. easily hits your target. <laughs> Not in a critical way, unfortunately. Uh, uh, six points of damage. So, uh, But yes, your blade cracks in, nicking the thing as it flies back to your hand. All right. Catch my uh, hand axe. All right. That is it. All right, Amaranth. All right, Amaranth strides around. Welcome to the party. <laughs> oh my! Um, he starts quickly drawing drawing symbols in the air before casting electric arc at it, so it can go ahead and make me a reflex save. The creature will attempt a reflex save. Really don't want this thing to get another turn. No, we don't. Right? Uh, a twenty-four. Twenty-four is a success, so it'll take Very half well. damage. Uh, so it uh, takes half of eight, so four damage. The thing squeals yet again as the sharp smell of ozone and also slightly molten rock fills your nostrils. Uh-huh. It is still moving. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Like Clove. Clove does that thing where she just like breathes and like her teeth are like bloody um, from her own blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's just going to hit the thing a bunch of times. This is it's still flat footed. It yeah. is still flat footed. All right. Swinging the machete. Nah, 7 for a 16 is probably not going to do it. That will not strike your target as your machete bounces off of its hide. You know, I think I'm going to save my hit point or my hero point just in case. Yeah, um, yeah, that might that's be wise. That's why. Yeah. Fair. All right, Fair. second swing. Ah, 16 for a 20. There we go. There we go. A 20, however, does strike your target. Nicely done. All right, that's going to be 14 damage, negative energy damage. So let's see here. The negative energy, it does not resist, so... And it's ghost touch if it happens to be a ghost. Well, it should be. I uh, think it is. It's an undead ghost, Grick. Three points of that's negative energy, correct? Yes. And the rest is just. And the rest is physical. Yes, yes. Uh, however, the creature seems to slow from the beginning of your spiritual assault before your machete plunges into the midst of the thing's maw as something cracks and snaps inside. The creature falls to the ground Ooh. and stops moving. It's like oh the freaking like likes from the new Zelda. Oh yeah, no, it is kind of <laughs> like the new like likes, except it wasn't spinning stones at us. 
Yeah, I mean, Clove just like halfway collapses against this wall, drops her uh, machete and digs around for an elixir of life like immediately. Yeah, let me uh, let me see what I can. Actually, I don't know if I have the best medicine in this party, but I I can do treatments, but it takes 10 minutes. I want to feel better immediately for a moment and then I'll fuss with myself. Fair enough. Uh, Okay, I mean, I'll take four hit points back. That's fine. Uh, If it helps, I have a plus five medicine. Um, I do natural medicine, and I have a five nature, so we're pretty similar. Uh, I'm going to go over there. (laughs) I just want to be away from this heat for a second and spend ten minutes healing myself. Grim will go over and uh, and kneel down over this thing. What Hmm. is it again? A grick. It's a... Disgusting... They're creatures of the uh, the Darklands. They terrorize caverns and tunnels, lie in wait near heavily traveled underground passages for the chance to reach out and uh, take their prey from the darkness, much as it attempted to do with us. <sighs> They're interesting predators. They don't consume their victim there. They'll usually take the body back with them to their lair, haul them back up into uh, the tight burrow or the high cavern uh, ledges, and then Does consume them slowly. there might be slowly. more of them? No. This thing seems to have wandered far away from its home. I wouldn't expect to run into many more of them. Still, that was a, a difficult fight. I think we handled ourselves well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie, I thought Clove was a goner for a second there. It was really tearing into her. Yes. It hurt a lot. <laughs> that grabbing move that you did, that was excellent. Yeah, it's been something I've been uh, actually working with the sheriff with. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know. Well, he taught you well. Thanks. Uh, Grim's going to make his way over uh, just so that Clove's not on her own. Hmm. You know, give her kind of a nod in that, like, I'm not going to interrupt you while you're doing your thing, but just kind of uh, kneel down and pray to Torag as he stares off into the darkness so that if she gets attacked, she's not alone or gets dragged off by a Grick while everyone else is distracted. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you were we, killed we by a Grick. first Grick, but what about second Grick? I also need to refocus, so I'm going to take out 10 mm. minutes to refocus. I did do pretty so, yeah. okay on my nature check. I uh, got a 16 and got myself 15 hit points back unfortunately i'm still 14 down so i got got myself to half health i guess ish fair enough Dang. so clove is going to spend 10 minutes um patching up her wounds grim's going to spend 10 minutes refocusing uh what is everybody else doing amaranth what would you like to do um i'm curious about the uh keep wanting to say Hellmouth, but this uh <laughs> giant I, I hate to call it a crucible but you know <laughs> pit of molten slag yeah, at the, the very least. Yeah, the pit of molten slag because uh, I'm, I'm more curious because something is keeping it lit. So I want to see if maybe it's like magical or something. Is it lava down there? It seems to be. So you're going to investigate that. Um, Astrea, what, or sorry, Celestine, what about you? I'm just going to do a general search of the room like, and let Amaranth try to figure out the lava pit because that's probably way above my pay grade. So you're going to search more like the, the floor in here or the yeah. walls or the floor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Astrea, what about you? I actually want to stand guard at this other door. Okay. So Astrea moves over to the other door. Celestine starts searching. Uh, so first of all, Celestine, um, going ahead and make me a perception check. For Amaranth, um, if you want to actually go ahead and make me an arcana roll to recall knowledge. Oh, heyo. You know, I think this place may have been built by Uslavic dwarves. Note that there's no railing around the hole. <laughs> there's no railing. <laughs> Do you think the hole is part of it or added later? Uh, it's not uncommon for dwarves to use live volcanic vents to uh, heat forges and such, although I don't see any signs of forge used here. Uh, it could just be a lava 
tube. Drosgar's Crag is a volcano. Oh, yeah. It likely means that this place was built after the rending, though, so it gives us a bit more of a time frame for when it was constructed. As if this was so here during the rending, it would have probably destroyed this entire place. Clover's just like, yes, we care about the archaeological history. <laughs> She's like, oh, dwarves, as, you guys. As Clove sits there trying not to pass out while bandaging her up her mortal wounds. <laughs> She's got it. Grim's also sitting over here so that once he's regained his focus, he might lay on hands if she still needs some more hit points. Because, yes. <laughs> ouch, Jesus. He's got to keep an eye on the youngest member of the group in case she gets into further True. trouble over here. A pretty self-sufficient kid, but it's also kind of sad for a kid to be that self-sufficient. <laughs> yeah. Well, that fight was also a bit of a kicker, so. Oh, my God. For you. That was, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, I'm glad it didn't have that many hit points because good gracious. <laughs> I'm only very slightly injured from just taking a little bit of your damage, but. Unfortunately, that doesn't go up again until uh, next level, actually. I can take six oh, points nice. of damage from someone within 30 feet of me, and it goes up by three every spell level. Cool. It doesn't do a lot, but it lets me take a little bit of hit off of someone that's about to be murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it helps. I mean, those three points, I would have been at zero and unconscious that last time oh, I took, well, so. Hey. So it did help. Uh-huh. Ha-ha. <laughs> How many hit points does Clove have? 36. 40 when she's raging. You actually have the same number of hit points that I do, so. Hardy as a dwarf. I've got a lot of con. And uh, barbarians yeah. do get a big ol' a big yeah. number. Yours will probably eclipse mine pretty soon because I had a little bit of a boost at first level because of being a dwarf. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, um, Grim, you may be interested in this um, pit um, thing. It appears to be sustained um, by divine magic. Um, mm. Interestingly, it does require upkeep. So someone is, um, is fueling it with prayer. Um, so you might be able to... Uh, uh, Destroying the magic if um, offering prayers in opposition of Drosgar, or um, it may be possible to otherwise disable it. Uh. What does it do? Is it just a pit of lava? Um, it's uh, possibly some type of uh, a, a forge or um, a device to melt down uh, ore. Uh, Grim will stroke his uh, nine-ringed holy symbol. Take a moment to commune with his deity. And by that, I mean ask the game master. Um, if I go over there <laughs> and I recite some prayers, can I consider that as part of my refocus, which is uh, focusing on the divine uh, aspects of the Dwarven Pantheon, or is that uh, separate? Otherwise, I'll have to mm. tell you to wait 10 minutes, and then I'll get to you. It's it's separate, but okay. uh, the, the secondary wait. activity does not take long. Okay. So. Well, let me finish focusing here. I want to make certain that in case the situation escalates... Uh, Clove is ready to fight. Yes, yes, of course. I just thought it uh, quite interesting to uh, to utilize divine magic in order to um, animate such a uh, uh, construct. Torag is a god of flame, so um, actually I'm not 100% positive of that. I don't know if he has that domain. Uh, <laughs> actually, this uh, is probably in prayers of uh, Droskar. Yeah, well, him. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. But uh, the 10 minutes passes as Grim, you have refocused. Uh, uh -huh. Clove, you have finished your patching. Uh. And uh, Astraea doesn't seem like anything's coming at you from the door at this point. Small miracles. All right. they're, they're, they don't want to open the door in case uh, we lost that fight. Well, <laughs> yeah. Despite well, the fact that Grim can literally just go back through the main entrance that we came in from. I mean, they might not come in here because of the Grick. That's, That's true. true. That's yeah. what we're hoping for. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, Clove still needs hit points. Yeah, yeah, I need okay. 14 hit so, points. Yeah, I'll go ahead and, uh, I can only give you six, but I'll go ahead and give you six. I might drink another elixir. Things, I have four of them. I mean, we don't know how much is in here, so it might be worth just taking the time. So, anyway. Well, we'd have to take another hour for me, or I guess another ten minutes for... For Grim, yeah. For Grim. 
But, I mean, once you have those hit points back, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go over there and check this real mm-hmm. quick to see what can or can't be done. So, it is vague, though. This is what Amaranth picked up on. There are the faintest scratchings of dwarven runes around the lip of this forge. Um, you think that this is what's binding the fire to this location. So, Ooh. potentially, a thief could disable it by scratching off the runes, or, as Amaranth suggested, uh, you may be able to dispel it with prayers. Just pray it away. Can I tell what faith this magic is bound to? Is this more of a draw scar? Draw scar. Mm. Alright, then uh, I suppose what will upset him so much will be uh, my my prayers to Torag, so I focus on Torag. Otherwise, I was going to go to Angrad, but uh, Torag will be good. <laughs> so, Angrad being the dwarven god of fire. Mm. Grim makes his I mean, way this- over does seem like a very lazy forge troll this guy. <laughs> but yeah, Grim will make his way over Neil next to the side of this. Pray to Torag. Go ahead and uh, you said that that's going to be a religion. Is this... Uh... This is open. Uh, it is basically disabling a trap. All right. Effectively. I mean, I'm decent at religion. Hey. Oh, there we go. So that's a, uh, a 15 for a 20. Grim kneels down next to this forge father. I ask that you quench this flame and return the Darksmith's magic to darkness. You owe me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, not the last part. <laughs> and Somebody immediately lose all of your champion powers. Uh, oh. Pazuzu comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you Pazuzu. owe me. <laughs> uh, I really don't no. want to fight Pazuzu. Pazuzu. No, thank you. <laughs> As you finish your prayer. demon and not immune to fire, we could kick him into lava. True. <laughs> True. Uh, the light of the forge begins to flicker before going out entirely. Okay. Nice. Uh, it is still extremely warm. You don't think it's going to harden into actual stone for a while, but at the very least, it seems to have done the trick. Hey. Thank you, Torag. We will cleanse this place. Graham stands up, gives uh, Amaranth the pat on the back. Not too hard since he's standing right next to Sledge. It's still hot, you. And I thought the water was dangerous. (laughs) You missed the water now. Well done. (laughs) Mm. Glad to be of service. If we're not under immediate threat, um, I'd like to continue to pray over Clove. I see no reason not to. She still looks pretty banged up, so I think that's a good idea. If they were going to mount an attack, I would imagine they would have done it already. That, That the snail thing was awful. Yes, they're very dangerous creatures, a threat in the deepest minds. Not any warrior could stand up against their onslaught, so count yeah. yourself lucky. I'm pretty hard well. Yes. That was, I honestly felt kind of bad for that, so <laughs> I'm glad you made it You're wincing every time you roll. <laughs> it's just Ross, like, oh my the GM god. who feels bad when it when he kills you. I mean, I don't, I, again, like, I, I like y'all. I want you to succeed. <laughs> I just don't want it to be easy, you know? <laughs> That's the Jeopardy so, rules, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we can take out another uh, 20 minutes, then... Yeah. yeah 20 gonna, minutes? Well, one, so I can heal her, and two, so I can regain the use in case I need okay. to lay on hands again in another fight. Yeah. Yeah, that puts me close enough to full. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yes, you spend uh, the next 20 minutes, I suppose, uh, gathering yourselves. Before the decision lays before you, which direction do you go? There is a door uh, that Estrella has been guarding. Or you can head back into the main chamber and branch off from there. I kind of just want to keep going. Yeah, yeah, like through the the doors. Yeah. Okay. Celestine will eye the door. Celestine, as you approach the door, seems fine. 
And then Shell will open it. I think this may link back up with the hallway we were in previously. I saw down both links of the hallway whenever I'd gone to retrieve that kobold. Hmm. You open the door to reveal a length of hallway stretching perhaps 30, 35 feet ahead of you. Uh, there is a single body oh no. concerningly about maybe 20 feet away from Grimm's position. It appears to be heavily decayed. Notably, you also immediately determine the body is missing its head. Oh, oh no. no. There does not seem to be anything else around it. There's no creature, no immediate sign of danger. It looks like an open doorway past that. Can mm -hmm. we tell what type of, like, what ancestry it is? Is it like an, a human? Can Hard to tell from here because lacking a head can make some identification. Mm. Not a difficult. Dwarf. Not a dwarf. <laughs> You're probably not a halfling <laughs> if it's not the right size, you know? Yes. Um, judging by the size, human, maybe half elven. Difficult to tell from here. Um, the doorway stretches ahead. I know at the very least Grim can see that there is actually a pillar covered in sigils uh, about 30 to 35 feet ahead through an open doorway. I'll keep a watch on the next room if you want to check this. Yeah, um, I'll give the body a glance over. So Grim keeps an eye on the road ahead. Shield See up. here. It seems that uh, Clove and Celestine want to inspect the body. Why don't uh, we have Australia, an investigator? What would you like to do? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to look at the body too closely because I don't have any skills that are relevant for that. I'm mostly just going <laughs> to stand enough. around. I think Clove's also terrified of dead bodies. Yeah, mm. I don't. I don't really want to look at the. I'll go stand next to Grim. Okay, so Clove <laughs> goes up by Grim, standing pointedly away from the body. Yep. Just be nice to it. Uh, Astrea, what would you like to do? I will probably get on Grim's other side to guard the left hallway. Sounds like a plan. And Amaranth. I suppose I will slide up behind Clove, continuing with my uh, detect magic exploration activity and just uh, pulsing little, little, little detect magics. Little micro pulses. Yep. Very well. So Grim, Clove, Astrea, uh, none of you see any immediate signs of danger as you approach. Astrea, I don't know if you can see that far down there, but there's a door about 100 feet down that passageway. Uh, I can see about 30 feet. Uh, and that's about it. Keep your ears out then. Will do. God, I, I feel I feel what Ross feels now mm. going through Hell's Rebels, <laughs> where I'm like, yes, this he dark vision so is far. so useful. Like, look I at what's know, right? Dark right? Is, I love is the best racial ability uh, fighting everybody so else. Seriously. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever playing uh, an ancestry without dark vision ever <laughs> it's again. It's so, so hard good. not to just it's always so have good. dark vision, you know? Yeah, yeah it's so seriously. good. Seriously. I'm just like, ah, um, that door. I see it. Yeah. Because Grim can just, it's just there. It's like, hey, there it is. Um, but yeah, uh, both of you can keep an eye on, I suppose, the room ahead. Again, other than the strange pillar in the center of the room, it's hard to determine if there's anything else in there. But you see alcoves that may indicate that there's something. Amaranth, uh, you do actually get a ping of magic as you start to approach. There's something magical around here. Uh, Celestine, looking over the body, um, if you'd like to go on ahead and make a medicine check uh, to recall knowledge, so secret. I will do it. Well, there does appear to be something magical around here. Yeah, uh, Amaranth will begin inspecting the body for, I don't know, any kind of item that it might ha have on it. What sarcastic thing did Grim just say? No, I said other than his winning personality. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. That was a compliment. 
no, saying yeah, something magical you. here. Yeah. Oh, actually, okay, fair. Yeah, I other than your winning ah, personality. Okay. I see. I see what we're going for here. Okay, I'm sorry. Grim's trying to be a constructive. Grim is like your dad, not your <laughs> bratty younger brother. You know. Yeah. He's dad energy. I was thinking more like a scout leader at this point, but like, come on, children, <laughs> let's see. Ah, scout leader. Yeah. I see a budding so romance would, happening uh, here, but let's keep going. Would grin at Amaranth after Grim says that yeah. and start poking around the body. <laughs> see here um looking over so i send that to heather in the meantime amaranth looking over the body uh there isn't much left on this body you can actually see they have a shirt trousers and boots uh okay i have quick identify so i can identify all of that in three minutes very well um go ahead and uh roll me a secret arcana check hey celestine makes a face kind of wrinkling up her nose so they died when their head was ripped off. It wasn't cut. It was ripped, ripped? off. Mm. By, and by been, what? I don't know. Possibly they've the Grick? Been, they've been dead three or four months. Mm. Clove reaches for her neck like, oh god, my head I mean, could have been ripped off by the Grick. try to pull you apart. Are we aware of anybody that's been missing for the last um, few that's months? That's what I was wondering. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anybody who wants can recall knowledge with society, or if you have uh, Falcon's Hollow lore or something similar, you I can try that as well. I do have Falcon's Hollow lore. I'll see if I'm I not from anything. around here, but actually the odds of me getting a critical failure are probably higher than the odds of me succeeding, so I'm just going to pass. Weirdly, Amaranth has a very high society. You're just a people person. He used to be part of high society too, so I guess you know. But up, bum. Uh, wasn't uh wasn't Boss Payday Tedum's kid missing like a while back? I I don't I don't really remember his name. Who was that? He's the boss of the lumber consortium. Oh. Uh, but the kid. Actually, I think we might have met him. Yeah, he met sucks. Him but like his kid was missing, I think, a while back. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I don't I don't know if this is him or not, and. I mean, he doesn't have a head, so it's kind of hard. I don't really pay much attention to the Lumber Consortium's woes. Celestine shrugs. <laughs> oh, well. Hmm. Well, these, uh, these boots are magical, but um, I, I can't say that I know exactly what they do. Yeah. Huh. I mean, Grim could pick it up and try to use religion. I don't know if that uh, will help. I mean, but... yeah. Um, of course, you don't know for sure what it has until you try, but... I'm not nearly as skilled at this as you are, but if we want to and take... it would take you 10 minutes, yeah. but... Yeah. Unfortunately, if I'm the one doing it, then, you know, like waiting far. until we have to waiting until we have to stop or something like that. Usually we have to stop because Grim has to pray again. So, mm. um, yeah. So I figure we might as well just take the 10 minutes now because they could be something super useful. OK. Do we maybe want to retreat back into the previous room again? I don't uh, think we need to move our pawns, but, you know, right. standing in a three way hallway. You know, close the door quietly. Yeah, that's fine. Pretend we're a Grick. Yes. <laughs> we try a little religion here. No, unfortunately, this is uh, not magic that I'm familiar with. It doesn't appear to be uh, dwarven, considering these aren't dwarf boots. So that's most <laughs> most of the magic I know. Yes, they're not boots of dwarven kind. That would be amazing. What would that even give you? <laughs> Tremor sense. Ah, nice. Tremor sense. That'd be funny. It gives you that, that innate dwarven ability to know how deep underground you are. Yeah. Maybe so. Anyone else yeah. remember the what is it the the belt of dwarven kind the dwarf friend belt? Oh yeah, I remember. It like gave you a charisma penalty, but a constitution <laughs> buff. You could speak dwarven, and I think got like a bonus on diplomacy checks against or you know when you were talking with other dwarves and things like that. Yeah, that's a pretty specific item, you know. Well, Clove yeah. isn't going to put on a dead guy's boots, uh, so well, and especially we don't want to put them on without knowing what they do because they could be like cursed or something. Who knows? 
But I guess do we want to move into the room with the obelisk? Ooh. Sure. Sorry, the one does. that's like north of us? Yeah. Because there was like a purple cool light, effect. wasn't there like somewhere around here? That's cool. Uh, uh, around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It's up to y'all. I think continuing on our clock or counterclockwise. No, clockwise. Our clockwise rotation is good. It's counterclockwise. Counterclockwise. Okay, counter. Good. I don't know which way time flows. <laughs> Forward. <laughs> Forward. Yes. We'll move to the three o'clock position away from the uh, purple room of, I'm going to assume, instant death. Of questionable intentions. Why instant death? Why are you even putting that out there? Because <laughs> I like to play with fate. I don't. But uh, yeah, so so you advance uh, forward into the room, mm-hmm. stepping forward um, fully into the room. You see that this is another square chamber. Uh, again, maybe some thirty feet at a side. Although in three, in two of the three directions uh, leading out from here, there seem to be small alcoves. One to your left, and one. Some of you might be able to vaguely see past the massive pillar in the center of the room. I can see nothing past this pillar. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, it is a massive pillar in the center of the room. In the case of the uh, alcove to your left, there does seem to be a closed door. Hmm. And in the alcove to your, or rather, there does also seem to be a passageway to your right-hand side um, that seems to be completely open. Standing fully into the room, you hear a soft click. No, no. Energy seems to start flooding up the side of the pillar as the runes start to glow with a soft blue light that intensifies quickly before sparks and electricity start to pour into the room. All of you can feel your hair start to stand on end as electricity floods the chamber. Ooh. And I will need a reflex save from the party next time. No. Oh, no. 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 looks over at Celestine and says, I don't blame you. <laughs> I blame he you. He just looks over and he says, you did your best, kid. <laughs> I'm certain uh, that you're trying your best. <laughs> oh. Yeah, unfortunately, oh that one did not did not handle it. So You did better uh, than we'll Grim see. would have done. How's that? Yep. I mean, that is true. like that. Does it matter if I'm technically outside of the room by five whole feet? Um, not for this case, oh, no. <laughs> Something else might happen, too. Who knows? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, no. I know, but... Uh... <laughs> it electrocutes everyone in the room, and then the hallway turns into a pit trap and just drops, you know, <laughs> turns into... It turns into a straight slide that slides you all the way back down into that fire pit. Oh, back under the... <laughs> under yeah, the yeah. Board. <laughs> Super fun happy slide. Good thing we got rid of that, then. Oh no! Granted, it's taking a very long time to cool. That's gonna. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would still, still burn hurt. It, really bad. Yeah. It yeah. Would hurt a lot. yeah. It doesn't cool immediately. Uh, however, that will be a problem for uh, future Foxtrot Squadron. I think we did forget about your oh, yeah. team name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, I did want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to our patrons. Thank you all for allowing me to fill this dungeon full of devious traps, uh, full <laughs> of electricity and shocking goodness. The as worst well part as- is this is not even a, a kobold trap. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> Although, admittedly, it doesn't seem it like doesn't one. Seem, this seems very dwarven. Yes. Um, very find dwarven trapmanship. Find dwarven trapmanship. <laughs> trapmanship. Oh, boy. 
That said, however, uh, also thank you for allowing me to attack the party with Grix, even though that was extremely close. I was a little worried there. (laughs) Boy! I was pretty worried. But uh, yeah, so thank you very much again. And uh, you know what? In the meantime, good luck out there, Path Folk. Sure. Uh, Oh, Oh my gosh. Hope you're not wearing a bunch of metal, by the way. Oh, no. I'm not wearing a bunch of metal, but I am holding a sword. The one thing that we underestimated were how conductive these iron bloom mushrooms were. Uh, you slam into it as your machete cracks into the side of it. It takes the hit. Oh, oh. Ah, um, we all oh. took damage. Uh, sorry. I'm really dead. I somehow... Ouch. I'm really dead. Undo. Let me undo. <laughs> sorry. I was going to say, that's one heck of a hit. It hurt us all. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> sorry about that. It explodes in like a xenomorph. Sprays acid blood. Uh, oh, my God. No. Every time I write lumber in the notes, I write lumbar. It like a lumbar spine because mm. of my stupid job. Oh my god. <laughs> Heather, so did I. I can't oh. find the lumbar every time. Oh <laughs> Going my back gosh. and looking at my notes, I did. I put lumbar consortium every time. <laughs> <laughs> they deal in spines, guys, not trees. We appear oh to be god. dealing with a bunch of chiropractors. <laughs> Evil, evil chiropractor. Oh my god, I can't believe it. neurosurgeon boss. They cracked this man's neck so hard it broke off. (laughs) He'll never feel back pain again? Just ripped his head clear off. (laughs) 